welcome to Hannibal's Horny Abachi, a weekly dinner party where we watch and discuss an episode of Brian Fuller's Hannibal. This week we watch Buffet Fro, which first aired May 30th, 2013. I am your host, Sonia, your friendly neighborhood true crime nerd. Let's go around the table to introduce the rest of the party. Hi, I'm Celeste. I'm new to Hannibal. I'm an artist and I love a good story. Hi, I'm JJ. I'm a local filmmaker, local nerd, and the fanable of the three. And this episode, we finally reveals what is gathering in Will's brain. It's not uh, stags. (laughs) (laughs) Hannibal gets his hands, but not his suit, dirty. And someone is under the bed. (laughs) (laughs) The worst nightmare, right? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) But uh, before we get into it, we brought this up briefly last episode, but I finally caught up on the photos from Red Dragon Con. Mm. And I love seeing Hugh Dancy as my season two favorite character, Mason Berger. I'm like, who is he supposed to be? Looks it up. I'm like, ah, he doesn't have the face, though. It was even weirder is, like, uh, Brian Fuller was wearing that suit, that red plaid suit, and, like, freaking Mass was wearing it at an award show recently, (laughs) and I'm like, who actually owns that suit? Or is there, like, two suits? I think there's probably two traveling (laughs) suits between them. Yeah, wouldn't it be cool if they shared it? (laughs) I'm almost wondering if it is. I'm like, I'm (laughs) waiting for a fan to ask and find out. (laughs) I really want to find that out, too. It's like, um, but I also loved, uh, last weekend, or last last week when we were editing this episode, JJ told me that Hugh still was, uh, said that he still sees Will and Hannibal as a platonic relationship, and I was like, ha, I I was right. <laughs> I was right. Get that on the shirt. But, but yeah. it's like the way that he explained it, and I think Brian uh, also explained it too, is it their relationship transcends physical, you know? It, they're mm-hmm. soulmates. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just, they're a yin and a yang. They complement <laughs> each other. And it's not as something as simple as, you know, you know it's something sexual. It's not dirty, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you're not thinking three-dimensional you know with their relationship it's like god sees your fanfic everybody (laughs) complicated than i thought but i was still very happy when i read that because i'm like see even will agrees with me (laughs) no i'm just kidding but (laughs) me and jj often have that fight about who um who is right and who is wrong even though um i was asked on facebook um there was a question on a Facebook page I follow where they're like, what wrong opinion about a fandom do you still hold true to? And I'm like, that Hannibal, uh, that Will loved Hannibal. I will go to my grave. <laughs> <laughs> obviously wrong. <laughs> like, oh, that's sad. All right. And also to finish the update, we finally fixed our audio issue. You notice? Can you tell? Can you tell? <laughs> We're all grateful you Only stuck with us. Nine yeah. episodes. I, I just want to personally apologize to everybody who's been sticking with us up to <laughs> Like I'm a freaking filmmaker, you know, like I should know like how to f- adjust audio levels on a damn microphone but anyway to be truthful we don't use this studio as our personal studio so i think if we had our own equipment that, that that's true I mean, that, but. to be fair yeah I, we didn't actually like look at actually look at the levels until yeah. last <laughs> episode like, we're like hey, I think what's oh, the microphones like turned all the way down where i was like front and center and you guys were kind of like, <laughs> like in the background i was like no like this cannot happen again <laughs> so i was fiddling with the controls and yeah it worked out i guess so now you can hear everything <laughs> Well, now we don't sound like we're talking in a high school bathroom while yeah. on a smoke break. It's just like, hey! Are you, are I mean, that's kind of been our time? angle. <laughs> that's like in the school bathroom. Talking Hannibal. Okay, but the episode. Okay, so if there's one lesson to take away from this episode, it is never live alone. <laughs> so. Oh, God. So true. <laughs> in the dark forest. 
Well, I think we were discussing last episode about what scares us, and I think um, this episode is the one I go to as, uh, as the scariest one. Like, the mushroom one was the grossest. This one is the scariest yes, one. I agree. Yeah, it's like, because, like, yeah, we're dealing with gore. We're dealing with, like, horrible people. and the, uh, But this episode is, like, legit the scariest, because, like, the idea of someone you you admire, you... Basically, well, not love. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> and to go uh, to trust somebody to tell you you're okay and they mm. don't—that's scary to me. It's like somebody has your supposed to have your back, and that freaks me out. But also the footsteps leading to the hole in the attic—that was terrifying to me. I was like, oh shit, my pants. Basically, <laughs> no. This is very much like a horror movie to me. Like I think I had to pause at one moment and be like, no, don't look under the bed. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so scary. Well, it's like that um, that creepy pasta about the guy under the bed and um, this woman's like dog is like she thinks that the oh, dog's yeah, that, under the, the bed and it licks her hand. And, oh yeah, God, yes, I <laughs> yeah, look I it up. It's that. really gross, but it's like yeah. Yeah, like do- uh, people can lick hands too. It yeah, yeah. was written on the mirror and blood, the dog's blood. <laughs> so creepy. I was like, <laughs> when I was watching this episode, I was thinking, like, God, I wonder what Celeste is thinking. <laughs> Like, I was screaming the whole time. <laughs> because I was thinking, when, when I was watching and making my notes, I was like, this is like probably one of the favorite episodes of the fans. <laughs> I made a list. It is, yeah, I definitely put like a whole bunch of notes like, oh my god, this is so perfect. <laughs> well, and it was creepy to me cause, because um, like home invasion is the scariest thing in the world. Like mm. every time I read about it happening here in Winnipeg, I'm like, like even though I live in an apartment, so it's not really <laughs> Well, I already told my home invasion story. <laughs> So just like uh, I just want to set up like tax near the door. Like my dad is also one of those people that fears home invasions. And even though I live on the upper level floors of a high rise, he still puts the the board into my uh, patio doors because he's afraid someone will climb up and like get in. He lives so high up. In yeah. The too. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, who do you think is gonna be get like in? One dedicated, yeah, one dedicated killer just to go to your apartment. Oh, but it just bothers me because I'm like, uh, like the part where. You just see people, you know, people are in the house and in the movie you're like, eh, ter- <laughs> the, the anticipation is terrible for me. I just hate that part. Uh, Cause it was like that in um, uh, The Conjuring 2. Whenever uh, something was about to happen, they'd always have that suck out of all the air, and then something would happen and scare the hell out of you. Like, you'd be able to handle it in a fully lit room. But, oh, yeah, well, that reminds me. Um, first time I saw Conjuring, the first one, uh, there's a scene where, like, it's absolutely quiet and nothing sounds. And some idiot got up to go to the bathroom and ran down the stairs <laughs> and scared the hell out of him. You could see the, somebody, like, eep. Like, you could see everybody jump. And then everybody nervously laughs because we were all, like, into it. But, uh, like, I love terrible horror movies. That's one of my favorite ones. Well, it's like I was watching Get Out, right? And there's Where like, racism like, is the, the person the, who chases you up the stairs. Yeah, there's, like, the one jump scare in there. And I swear I was the only, like... I swear I was the only one in the theater who went, fuck you. Jump scare. You're the only one who like jumped. Yeah. Well, people laughed because it was a jump scare, but I was the only one who was like, like fuck, who swore <laughs> in the theater. But I went to see Conjuring 2 with JJ's sister, Jenna, or Tina. Sorry, Tina, who was here. Uh, <laughs> uh, and she, I almost jumped into her arms. I was so scared. I went to see. Very Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I was like, um, but okay, one of my favorite parts of this episode is in, when we're in Hannibal's office, Lecter has Will draw a clock and repeat the mantra, ask, answering the questions, what is your name, what is the time, and where are you? 
Will's clock face scared me more than this week's monster, <laughs> if that's possible. Um, I have some info on the, uh, on what exactly he's experiencing, but if you guys wanted to talk about that for a second, that was one of the, like, I... I'm just going to read my quote <laughs> <laughs> in my voices that I do. <laughs> I'd like you to draw a clock face, numbered, large hand indicating the hour, small hand the minute. Why? <laughs> I love Will. Oh, yeah, I love that. Like, Why? <laughs> An exercise. I want you to focus on the present moment, the now. Often as you can, think of where you are and when you th- and think of who you are. 7.16 p.m. I'm in Baltimore, Maryland, and my name is Will Graham. Here's my sketchy clock. <laughs> and it looks perfectly normal to yeah. him. He was confident about that Yeah, clock. he was like, mm-hmm. here you go, Hannibal. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> I actually remember Googling, like, uh, spatial neglect, and I was like, what, what is that? And oh, like, I got your really, answer here. Yeah, there's some really weird drawings of what that looks like, and that's just Ooh. bravo to whoever came up with that design because oh, fans yeah. love that design. Well, and uh, it, we actually posted on the, on our Instagram uh, a picture of somebody with, uh, well, uh, Mads, <laughs> Mads Mickelson oh, was right. posing, and then he's like, draw me like one of your clocks, clocks Will. And it was just like a man <laughs> in a, like, a See, now that makes sense now. Because they're like, yeah. uh, <laughs> But um, so Will is experiencing hemispatial neglect, which happens a lot with strokes. Uh, it is caused when there is damage to one hemisphere of the brain and causes a def- uh, deficit in attention to and awareness of one side of the sp- of space. <laughs> She's showing the picture, by the way. <laughs> but um, hemispatial neglect never happens, rarely happens on the right side of the brain because you have uh, aspect. Oh, wait. On one, it never happens on one as side of the brain because there's um, there's uh, fail safes for what, that part of the brain. So the the one the will is experiencing is the most common one, uh, which is on the right side of his brain, affecting the left hemisphere. So the right visual field is never affected because there's parts in your brain on that side of the brain that uh, incor- that have fail safes, so that won't happen. So stro- pray you have a stroke on the left side of your head if you ever get one. But I hope you don't. But uh, yes, I would. Uh, <laughs> it is very contralateral, as I was saying, which is why the damage to Will's right side of the brain causes the neglect to appear on the left side of the clock. People with this condition will ignore the side of the visual field affected with your brain filling in the empty space. Your eye has one part that cannot see. That's where your optic nerve comes out, so you can't see anything in that part of your eye. But you don't notice it because your brain is so good at filling in that empty space. Um, Hmm. When people are asked to draw a clock with this neglect, sometimes they will only draw the 12 to 6 side or, like Will, cluster them all on one side. So I actually saw a picture when I was in psychology class of somebody who was told to draw a flower and they only drew half of the flower. It was really cool to see because <laughs> like, they think they're drawing the full thing, right? And sometimes people will completely ignore the left part of themselves. So, like, if Will if Will got worse, he would probably see his left hand and not think it was his. He'd be like, that's not mine. That's not mine. Like, hmm, like it, it's bizarre. Like, the brain is a really funky thing. I just love it. But, yeah, like, it, it was something that scared me, too, in psychology class. I was like, ah, that's terrifying. <laughs> like, what would happen if I, like, am I doing it now? Tell me if my clock is normal. Because <laughs> the brain really wants you to be happy, so it'll trick you into thinking you're okay. Mm-hmm. That's actually kind of like, Aww. I think that's how uh, 3D works. When Like, it's just like a weird thing, a trick that your eyes do, and it will the glasses and the frames and what the projector's projecting, and then your brain will trick it so it looks like it's 
jumping out at Ooh. you. And obviously, like for some people, if you don't have this, 3D doesn't work for you. So mm-hmm. some people, yeah, some people have problems with one of their eyes, so it doesn't work, mm. which makes it cheaper to go to the movies <laughs> with them. I guess. Um, so there's the scene where Will misses time, like he jumps in time again, and he wakes up to the victim choking on her own blood while he's carving up her face and he jumps up all terrified and I was like I remember the first time I saw that scene and I was like okay well calm down and let's hide the body (laughs) what am I just push it back under the bed it's like it's okay we'll get through this Hannibal knows people (laughs) I'm like I don't really want him to get caught because I seriously thought he had killed her like that was my like the first time I saw that I was like oh my god he killed her and then he goes outside and they're waiting for him I'm like (laughs) <laughs> killing just contaminated the crime scene so. i do like it it's like one of my favorite thing in this episode is we we actually get to go with will in this journey of his yeah of his brain we actually got to experience loss of time with him and i really love that because it's so scary because mm-hmm. nothing is scarier than not knowing what the hell's going on yes. so it was it, it was such a joy and i was like oh good this is fun, this is fun. <laughs> it's, it's terrifying it's, but fun. it's terrifying but fun <laughs> Um, but I also was really touched when the first person to ask if Will was okay was Beverly. Yeah. I was like, oh, like, yes. Will? I was like, and nobody else, like, Jack is like, he's covered in blood, and Jack is just like, ooh. <laughs> like, what'd you do? <laughs> Uh, but Jimmy Price was looking really fancy. I really love his outfit this episode. That little, like, newsboy oh, that cap he was wearing. Yeah. I was and uh, like his all his sass when he was like, "This has uh, this weapon has pretty clear plants on them." I assume they're yours. Sorry, <laughs> so, <laughs> <they just laughs> not. Mm. You go, Scott Thompson. I love him so much. <laughs> so cool. Oh, and then oh oh oh, then we go. <laughs> Then we go to therapy after that. Oh, yeah. The, a scene I've seen more times in GIF form than in anything else on TV. I, I, I worked here at the star. Famous GIF moment, Will at the Ladder. Which was a lot more sexual in GIFs than I than I in know. the context of the scene. Because in the context of the scene, he's just like, uh, He's just, you know, yeah, he's just... And it's just, it's like a weird depth of field, too, that the camera's playing a trick on us that looks like Hannibal's actually, like, right in front of him. But he's but to the back. He's yeah. actually, yeah, just, like, maybe a step away from him. He's actually not that close to him. Now I'm just like, that's okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> now okay. Yeah, for him, it's okay. But like one of my favorite lines too is like, I still have that coppery smell of blood on my hands. And I just love that line because like, I know that smell. <laughs> well, one, I'm a woman. We're all going to know that <laughs> yeah, smell. Yeah, well, you know that smell, yeah. <laughs> so I was, I'm like, I relate. Well, there's a Game of Thrones line about, um, I think it was Ygritte who said that, why would girls be afraid of blood? Like, we see it all the time. Mm. And I was like, mm-hmm. ah! And we Ready? know how to clean it out of clothes. Yeah. Well, some of us do. <laughs> I just Cold water. Some of this is very useless. <laughs> that sort of stuff. Cold water and a little bit of soap. Yeah, just but to what get the worst of it out and then you, then you <laughs> stick it in the wash. I'm one of those lazy people who doesn't like do that beforehand. So I'm like, eh, it'll come off in the wash. Okay, that's right. Well, no, you can't let it dry. <laughs> I know. That's what I love. Or else, yes, it'll be there forever. That's one of the reasons Hannibal would kill me for ruining good clothes. But that's why I like wearing black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Black sells all. Good black clothes. It does. <laughs> uh, what is it? Okay. Uh, I was laughing. Yeah, I was laughing at that scene with Will against the ladder. Because, mm. like, I, I, I know. My body is ready. <laughs> I know. It's just the um... caption I always get at the bottom of that one. But yeah. I, I know I always say that I, I hate when people present Will as the bottom, but I'm like, he makes it too easy. Because <laughs> it does. <laughs> like even uh well jj posted on tumblr uh, a gift of hugh dancy in that movie with julianne moore and what's his face 
I should pull up that gift now. Yeah, like uh, well, like, where he's making out with Freddie Redmayne. Yes, Freddie Redmayne. Thank you. I was like, what's his face? Ready Ma- Redmayne. It's kind of gross in context because like, uh, Ready Redmayne and um, Julianne Moore are uh, son and mother. Oh. <laughs> so yes. Oh. In that context, I, I've never seen the movie. I just saw the <laughs> gifts. I was um, like, oh, those are hot gifts. That is the best part of the movie. But oh. uh, like, uh, one thing I really don't like about um, is that why he's in the middle? Yeah, that's he's, why he's in the he's middle. Is connection? Because uh, she blah, is blah, blah. Um, her son is gay, and she doesn't want him to be gay. So they have this weird relation. She's based on a real life person, but she didn't want her son to be gay, so she kept buying him prostitutes. Hmm. And Hugh oh. Dancy plays this guy who is gay. And he, but they, uh, Julianne Moore and him have a really intense relationship with each other that transcends um, sexual orientation. Sounds familiar. <laughs> I knew the second I said that, I'm like, okay, I'm like totally gonna keep my word. But um, I, I like a lot of actors where they make ter- nothing but terrible movies and maybe one good one. I'm looking at you, Carl Urban. I've seen so many crappy movies for them, <laughs> but yeah. like I watched Basic Instinct after I found out that Hugh Dancy dies from like autoerotic asphyxiation. I'm like, okay, I must watch that. Man, I post lots of stuff. <laughs> no, Just like scrolling. Yesterday. Oh, there it is. There it is. Okay, just wait for the gifts to load. Okay, here we go. All right. Let's... Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Some good times happening there. But there's no tongue on Hugh Dancy's side. I but love. like, <laughs> what's interesting too is when I look at stuff like that, after I get over the fangirl moment of it, I also think to the practical moment of like, man, that's really hard for actors to do, you know, especially if they're all married, <laughs> you know, or naturally straight. You know, it's like you really got to dig deep, find a special place in the character to allow yourself to have those really personal moments. Mm-hmm. Like uh, normally, you know, a set is cleared off when intimate when moments get are happening. Nude, yeah. Bare minimum crew are allowed on, on set mm-hmm. when those scenes are happening. And I'm always just like really fascinated. Like one time I was on set and I had to, you know, because I was a camera trainee and I had to do the, you know, clap the, <laughs> the slate. Clap the slate. Yeah. Nice. And I was, I was fine with the intimacy that was happening in the scene. I was fine. But I was getting hot because the room's closed off and we're all this. And there's like 70 people. And there's like, there's 50 lights everywhere. So I was getting all hot. And sure enough, the actor, the male actor looks up at me seeing all how red I am because I'm hot. He goes, oh, you're blushing. (laughs) He's like, don't worry. It's not real. (laughs) So naturally, I actually blush more. more, And I was so red. And I'm like, fuck you. Thank you. Clap this slate. <laughs> and then away oh my gosh, yeah, just angry. Clap it. <laughs> yes. Clap. And it's right in his face, no too. No soft sticks for you. Clack. <laughs> I really like this last gift here, because they all, like, laugh. Oh, yeah, it's really I don't cute. know. Is that, is that, like, in the movie, or is that, yeah, like, it's a in the Yeah, mo- it's in the movie, it's yeah. It's oh. really sweet. I haven't watched that movie in a million years, but it's, like, uh, it was it was really bad. It was, like, a terrible movie. Uh, the woman who it's based on has a really fanc- fascinating life, though, because she was, like, a debutante or something. Uh, I gotta look it up again. I looked it up last night to talk about it but i was like um today's true crime segment was taking up way more of my interest last night so i was like yeah i wonder if i should bring it up now i should since i brought it up right now yeah sure, why not it's a good All right. transition i guess that's a good transition <laughs> just like me talking just like so with our under the table segment which is like uh jj and i were discussing having um sound effects now that we cleaned up the sound <laughs> and it's just gonna be me like moving a chair back and forth the floor <laughs> and the whoosh of sheets to cover it it's like okay right 
all no theme song. Like, <laughs> oh, well, I was thinking about it, and I was like, all I was singing was, no, 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 they already did that. But, okay. So, this weekend, I got to have a short meeting with Zacharias Kunick, who is an Inuit film director who did an, an Arjuit, the fast runner. Um... I didn't really have anything, any sort of tell me how to make my film better questions for him as I really wanted to ask him about starting a production company and keeping it afloat in a part of Canada that is in Toronto. Uh, I don't know if many people know Or Vancouver. This. Yeah, or Vancouver, which is more known for TV. Toronto's more known for, like, film. I guess it's changing now. Vancouver's more known for film and Toronto for TV. Hmm. Uh, but it's really difficult to get a film career up and running when you don't really want to move to Toronto as I am, because I'm like, you Toronto, like, why would I want to go live in a cultural void? <laughs> so, well, there's more competition, but there, there's also more work. So yeah, that's... exactly. Mm. But it's like, I like Winnipeg for its scene. Like, one of the big things JJ and a bunch of us uh, local girls who are native want to do is expand the film scene here so that we don't have to be forced to move to Toronto. It makes sense, because when it is like in the middle of oh, yeah. central. <laughs> Give it to us. No, <laughs> you can like combine both. Like, what did you say? You wanted to have our own Bollywood, but yeah. an indigenous Hollywood. So, but... like, what would it called? Hollywood? <laughs> Indigen- indigibled? In Dillywood? <laughs> but yeah, like, because it's like. Um, We're working on the name. Because Bo- yeah. <laughs> Bollywood makes entirely Indian uh, films that focus on Indian the Indian experience, right? Yeah, well, in depth culture. culture yeah. yeah. So, it's something I was really passionate about. So, me and Zacharias got into a really good discussion about how corrupt the film industry is Hmm. (laughs) and he gave me a lot of good advice um but he also told me a story about a group of inuit that killed and ate the livers of two priests in the arctic zacharias told me they ate the livers because those men were afraid that they'd be haunted by the spirits of the priests if they didn't Obviously, I was in awe when he told me this story, and I was just staring at him like, are you serious? Are you serious? (laughs) And I had to look into this immediately to be sure he wasn't pulling my leg, because he told me a lot of stories, which was really fun. I had a great time. I wish we could have talked longer. Um, But I found out that one of the men in the story was named Lugusak. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, because Inuktuk is not my first language. Uh, He was an Inuit hunter and shaman which in Anuktitut is called Angaguk. I can't pronounce it properly. Good try. Angaguk. Oh, wait, can I see? Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> Ang... Uh, he was a shaman. Right here. Oh. Yeah. Angaguk? Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> he was... I'm going to use shaman for the rest of this. I'm sorry to our Anuktitut listeners. I know Zach is listening. Okay. Um, <laughs> these shaman have familiars, uh, much like uh, owls or uh, rats in Harry Potter. Okay, that was mean. Okay. <laughs> but familiars like a witch, you know, like a, like a cat sort of thing, um, which are the sources of their power. There are stories of medicine men being able to run as fast as caribou or fly due to their familiar. Did you say caribou? Caribou! I said caribou. I'm trying to make this up. You're ruining the tension here. I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to tell a story. Caribou! Tell your story. Okay. Uh, They were also believed to be protected from harm because of their familiar. Uh, Zach told me this cool story he heard from an elder. where a guy went into battle and was not being hit with the bullets being fired at him because of his familiar. Oh, when he stopped, uh, when his familiar wasn't there, that's when he got hit. 
it was a really bizarre, cool story. He told it a lot better than me, obviously, because he's like a 60-year-old man who's lived a long time. So I'm like just doing the cool part. Uh, so according to the stuff I found, our man, Egosak, obtained his powers when he purchased them from another medicine man. <laughs> he had the ability to transform into a wolf, a bear, or a white man. Uh, you can see the similarities in there. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm I wish I had. <laughs> I'd get so much farther in life if I could turn into a white male. Did uh, did um, Zach have a, a familiar? I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna call this guy you from now on because I'm terrible at the pronunciation. So you claim to have lived under the sea for a time, and then you practiced necromancy and brought men back to life. Yu's familiar appeared as a dog, which he used to drive away an evil spirit that was harassing a local village. So in 1913, two missionaries traveled north to the Coppermine River in what is now Nunavut and the Northwest Territories of Canada. The race for souls was intense in this era, and the Catholic missionaries had heard rumors that the Anglicans were already in the area. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a really hardcore thing. <laughs> It's, it's hilarious yeah so the two priests met you and another hunter and got them to assist them on their trip because they're trying to go to all these villages right they convert the heathens uh the two inuit men were paid in hunting traps uh just so you know we've mentioned this before but native people in canada do not have a good relationship with the church both anglican no. and catholic um yeah, yeah so like uh, so you got to remember this part like uh well um our relationship with the church is probably not helped by what happened later in the story okay. mm. uh so one of the priests whose last name was larue was short-tempered and annoying he became angry at the two Inuit guides, slapping them for speaking their languages and forcing them at rifle point to pull their sled by hand. You claimed that LaRue repeatedly covered his mouth with his hand to keep him from speaking in Nukutuk. Mm -hmm. The two Inuit men became convinced the two priests were going to kill them. Uh, so the Inuit one night then shot, stabbed, and axed the priest to death at the aptly named location of Bloody Falls in modern-day Nunavut. Since you was a shaman, he was convinced the spirits of the priests would haunt them, so the two ate the livers of the priests to eliminate the threat. Interesting. Yeah, so when the priests were reported missing, the Catholic Church got into contact with the local cops who caught up with the Inuit guys. In their first trial, the men were let go as the jury believed the priests got what they deserved. <laughs> <laughs> the court Justice. suspected insane amounts of anti-Catholic attitude <laughs> was in play. So another trial in Alberta was done where the men were sentenced to death, which was then brought down to life imprisonment, which was then brought down to two years of jail time in Alberta, which was then brought down to them being sent home. <laughs> so, um, what a waste of taxpayers' money. Yeah, these two men were the first <laughs> Inuit to be charged with murder in the Canadian Confederacy. This is the Confederacy in Canada. So mm. they were the first Inuit to be charged with a murder crime. So yay them. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you later died from tuberculosis he contracted while in Alberta. So poor guy. Mm. I, like um, in Native culture, the stories, you often have to take them as they are so that like you believe that he was able to turn into a, uh, turn into a wolf, turn into a bear. But then you're like, why did you just kill him <laughs> if he had the shamanistic powers? But there's also this belief in um, certain cultures or certain uh, tribes where power doesn't work in front of white people. 
like it was something I grew up with anyway like grandma why can't like the animals come to life when they're like white people around <laughs> well that was me obviously and he's like because it doesn't work in front of white people and I'm like ah they're no fun <laughs> no I'm kidding that's being... a good story I, I like know I, like he when he was telling it to me he's like yeah these two Inuit guys killed and chopped up this bunch of priests and they were terrified that the priests were going to come back and haunt them so they ate them and I was like what <laughs> Well, from start to finish. (laughs) I was just like, we were sitting in like a boarding room and this cute little Inuit man who was like 60 years old named Zach, like the guy who directed the movie. A really sweet guy. Reminded me of my grandpa. And he was just like, I don't know if he saw it in my face that I would be totally okay with that story. Like, because I don't look like a serial killer. I look so sweet. (laughs) And he's like, I think you would like this story about cannibalism, Sonia. (laughs) Thank you, sir. But all right, let's go back to the show. So, uh, Will goes for an MRI. And I once had an MRI for a possible pituitary gland tumor a few years ago. Uh, I felt like Wolverine in the scan machine from the first X-Men. Uh, it was like being blind and deaf because uh, what they don't show in this episode is when you're getting a head scan, they have to cover your eyes for some reason. I don't know. I think it's hmm. so they can tickle you. Uh, so I <laughs> was had earplugs. The earplugs are more because the machine is noisy as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and a blindfold I was given. I also got super sick from the IV they gave me as it made me feel like it was radioactive. So when I got up, I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Falls. <laughs> but uh, so Hannibal convinces Will's specialist to not tell Will about the encephalitis. Which smells like heat. Remember your hippopotamus oath, doctor. <laughs> A fevered sweetness. Like why? Does, <laughs> like why would Ill, illness smell good to him? Like yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it smells good. He was just asked how to describe it, and that's you know how else does he? Get, how can you really describe a smell other than like because your your smell uh, your um, what is it? What's olfactory glands? Yeah, are connected to your tongue, so you taste what you smell. So hmm. it's a heat, fevered sweetness. There was no mm-hmm. other way to describe so it. So <laughs> Serious, sweet, <laughs> and I just love that because it's more Hannibal ma- manipulation. It was just like you dick. And it's like, what would happen if we let like? Because we so rarely see what happens to encephalitis in a in a non. Uh, what was it? I love what he said to him. He was just like, yeah, we it would be rare to see encephalitis and like go its course. And yeah, I'm like, it's like hard to study. Could kill you because <laughs> you know we, we usually generally like to cure people. <laughs> I'm like, what kind of doctor was Will seeing? <laughs> he does not deserve his money. Well, that's probably a reason then why Hannibal recommended this doctor. Oh, because he knows he's, he's susceptible, susceptible to his probably his manipulation. He's probably tried it once or twice when they were in school together. But yeah, like uh, um, encephalitis can really mess up your brain. Like, uh, like uh, the effects of the clock thing. That's like at the worst possible part mm. like he's probably has your irreversible brain damage which would explain later seasons i guess but <laughs> like it's just oh it's another thing i really like about this episode is we really delve deep now into like uh, a lot more medical terminology and because mm. i'm a weird nerd that way i actually enjoy this side <laughs> and i actually like looking up of any of this stuff that they say is real mm-hmm. and bravo to writers brian fuller there's a lot of the good research there oh yeah i really love the clock thing when we get to time. uh what's your name Character's name Georgia. Georgia Man- the show, yeah. Georgia Mansion. Yeah, she has face blindness and leaves herself thing? to be dead. Yeah, I couldn't say this for the life of me. Pros, prosopagnosia, which is face blindness, and and then Cotard syndrome, believes herself is dead. Mm. So. 
Hmm. But, um, so Will returns to the house uh, where the girl was killed. And when he finds, uh, I called her the monster of the week before we reveal her name, mm. he grabs her arm, but the skin comes away. Uh, this is called, <laughs> oh, <so laughs> yeah, gross. this is actually called the gloving, and it tends to happen with corpses. The skin will come off your legs and your arms and like, because uh, there's nothing to stick to it anymore. Like there's no blood flowing that'll keep your skin sticking to your arm. It is really gross. Makes your arm look like a condom, I guess. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, it does. It doesn't look like a condom. Gosh, Sonia. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is my medical terms. <laughs> I don't know. Thank God I didn't become a doctor. Otherwise, I'd be like... There. It's like your bedside manner could use the work. <laughs> <laughs> terrible bedside manner. I'm like, yeah, got a bump on your head. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. <laughs> but I love that uh, the first person he calls so to Beverly. help him is Beverly. Oh, no. Even asks, she even asked him why it was yeah, her. Like, why'd you call me? And she's like, because you're the only, like, I don't know if this was real, and I think you're the only one who would believe me. And she's like, well, let's prove it then. Yeah, it's because I think you're cool, man. It's like everybody needs a ride or die homie like her. Yeah, he trusts her, too. Yeah, I, was I like, think that's so sweet. Yeah, it's like non-sexual, non-manipulative, non... They're besties. Yeah, it's like there's <laughs> nothing... Like, he he could have called anybody, and he calls her. Like, not Alana, not Hannibal, mm-hmm. her. And mm-hmm. I was like, I think he's starting to suspect something's up with Hannibal, too. Like, since... Like, if... Um, I would have thought his first choice would have been Hannibal. And I was like, oh, it's Beverly. Well, I guess Beverly also has, like, a, a skill he could use to find out if she had been there. Well, I think the reason, too, that uh, he doesn't call Hannibal is, you know, because then the the two words, mental illness, is like oh. a dirty word in this. <laughs> Sorry, and, I'm eating cookies. Okay. <laughs> I know, I heard the <laughs> really good crunch from that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're bringing food for these uh, recordings, which is a dumb idea because we're recording sound. I'm sorry, Jenny, go ahead. <laughs> now that we got better sound, now you can hear everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, to me, mental illness becomes a dirty word in this episode. Like, it's tainted. Every time, like, the camera looks at Will whenever it's said, like... If this isn't physiological, then you the must consider illness. that it's psychological. And, you know, Will just mm. looks all pouty sad when he's, like, no. saying mental illness. So, you know, if he doesn't want to think he's crazy, who, you call someone who's a neutral party at who could psych- psychological, it, yeah. who only who needs physical proof, and that's Beverly. So, like, I figured, of all, and someone who won't be too judgy and who isn't your boss, you don't call Jack Crawford either. So, <laughs> so who do you call who's neutral and still, still kind of be your friend? Beverly. So that was my reasoning why he, for once, didn't call Hannibal. Yeah. Did he not call Elena because they have that weird, like, well, yeah, there's thing between them? Yeah, there's a sexual tension between them. Plus, she's also a psychologist. And, and she, she thinks she's crazy, okay. too. She yeah. also thinks he's unstable. Right. We've established yeah, this. So that. it's like, again, he had to find someone who wouldn't automatically jump to, you know, he's nuts. Men, yeah. yeah, that he's nuts. Like, I think he said earlier... I know what kind of crazy I am. So. <laughs> well, I would call Beverly. Yeah, Beverly seems like she'd she's be like nice. my first choice too. <laughs> and she'd be up too because she'd probably be playing video games or something. <laughs> I don't know drinking, why I'm giving her that. Slip. Drinking beer, playing video games in her underwear. <laughs> she's like Overwatch, yelling at like seven-year-old kids. <laughs> Get off the channel. <laughs> I think one of my favorite things. I drew a heart beside it. Um, when we go back into the into Hannibal's office for more psychology and therapy. Um, he has Will draw another clock, and sure enough, we all see that it's all, you know. Messed up. Messed up. Mm-hmm. Spatial neglect. And <laughs> as I was watching it on my laptop, I just noticed something, and I was like, so I, re- you know, rewind it, watching on Netflix. And I'm like, 
Yay, Hannibal's doing this. He's like taking the pens and stuff in front of Will. And he's just straightening them out really good like this. And then he goes, all right then. So, <laughs> I never noticed that before. I've never seen it in gift form. That. That's usually how I notice things when people gift these things. And uh, and I noticed that Will is sitting in his desk, you know? Oh, he's yeah, that was really cute. He never, he's the only patient he lets to sit anywhere, do anywhere. Well, he lets him wander. That was mm. pretty cool. Yeah, because like, usually when you're seeing, like, a, a therapist of some kind, you, like, you sit, you have set mm-hmm. places to sit. And it's, like, it's so cool. To, like, it's obviously, like, a... Uh, like a look into the relationship that he's allowed hmm. to move around like that. So I think it speaks to again to the we're saying that we want them to be equal. Mm-hmm. You know, Hannibal's slowly grooming him to be his equal. Cause yeah, like whereas <laughs> when you put a patient in like an opposite seat, you're you're just putting them in a role. You're putting them in you're putting them in their place. I'm your doctor. You're the patient. La la. Whereas letting Will wander around, he's already breaking that weird mm. role as a patient. Yeah, that's something you Unofficial. do with children, usually with patients. Like, um, children are allowed to, like, have a little bit more wandry stuff. They still have a set place, but they, they, they're they given a little bit more freedom. But, yeah, I don't think he sees them as a child. <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, something that made me laugh, um, I was talking to JJ about some horrible stuff I've been going through in my professional life with a film I'm working on right now. And so I was really stressed mm. out. And then the first thing I texted her, I was like, my name is Sonia, it's the five fifteen. Should to text the one person who would get the reference. Because <laughs> I think it's like a lot of people do forget the, about being present. Like um, you're too worried about the past, too worried about the future, and I think that's a good mantra to have. It's like I'm. Well, I'm not probably not going to use it because it makes some nuts, but <laughs> it's like in my mind I think about it. Well, maybe it's a good uh, way to, if you have like an anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a good way to. Which he uses it, yeah. He uses it in the episode where he freaks out over um, finding, uh, degloving the girl. Oh, yeah, and he wakes up, like, in the bush, right? He lost time again. (laughs) Yeah, that was was the creepiest cut because it's, like, 9 o'clock. Then it then it cuts and it's like one fifteen in the yeah. morning. I was like, that like made my stomach drop the first time I saw. I was like, oh god, what's going on? I remember that happened to me in a dream once. That for whatever reason, I was like in my childhood home, and I dreamt that I looked at the clock and yeah, it was like this time. And then I woke like I changed spots and I was like went from like outside into the kitchen and the time had jumped, and I was like, oh my god, what is <laughs> happening? And then I woke up and I'm like, oh, all right then. Not as bad, <laughs> but still. Well, it was used to great effect in that movie, uh, Matilda. Like, there's a scene where Matilda's trying to scare the hell out of her principal, and uh, Matilda has uh, telekinetic powers. So she goes to her principal's house and keeps changing it. the she's clock. She's changing the clock face to make it chime. <laughs> and so at appropriate times, it chimes. Then um, at the scariest part of the night, it chimes midnight. <laughs> still, like, 8 o'clock at night or something. <laughs> But it was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, JJ mentioned this earlier, but the episode hit me where I live because I deal with mental illness. I mentioned it before. And the worst of it is what uh, George's mother said on the show is that there's no treatment. There's no cure for it. You just have to manage your expectations of what you're dealing with. And so it took years and the four different types of meds to find out what works for me. And so, but I still live with the weird side effects of the me- of me- medication, like random sweating and itchy skin and muscle spasms and intense dreams. <laughs> like, that's the worst part. It's like, because you're messing with your brain chemistry, right, with those pills. So, of course, your brain's kind of weird. Like, I once fell out of bed because I was, like, uh, I was dreaming. Um, no, okay, one time I punched a wall because I dreamed I was the bride from Kill Bill. Woke up because I punched my hand. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> my hand's broken. And I was like, oh, no, it's okay. 
But it's um like it's something that I wish like it's something that Will's dealing with too, where he wishes he was dealing with something tangible, like a brain tumor that he could deal with, so that he isn't dealing with something so ghostly because it is technically a little bit ghostly even though people say like oh it's like uh, it's chemical imbalances like we can't see the chemical imbalance in your brain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's always hard like uh, uh, this episode was like oh, i feel you mom of georgia That's how yeah I like i think i read somewhere like if what we know about the brain like if you can imagine like a giant ass book we've probably only like opened up the first two or three pages of what we know about the brain you know mm-hmm. and so it's just like Sometimes you just got to be, like, this one, th- one iffy thing, too. I have a, a weird iffiness about brain doctors and, and psychology <laughs> and just neurology in general. It's like, you can learn everything about the anatomy. You can learn about chemical stuff. But, like, a good example would be, like, uh, the TV show House, how much they struggle with trying to figure out what's wrong with patients. Mm-hmm. You can and know, they get it wrong, yeah. Yeah, like, you can know everything about, you know, about the body and still not know anything about the mind. Well, and it's kind of scary because only <laughs> sounded weird. Only thirty years ago, were we still doing lobotomies? So it's mm. like it, it, we're still in the dark ages of brain science. Like was it the seventies or eighties where like gay was still considered uh, like uh, a, a mental illness? DSM four, yeah, mm. or DSM three, probably at that time. Something like, like that, yeah. Because uh, it's uh, it was a, there's a funny joke in um, Star Trek four where uh, Chekhov has a brain injury, but since they're back in time in the 1980s, I believe um, they don't know how to release the pressure on his brain without cracking his skull open to relieve the pressure. And uh, Bones McCoy comes in there and he's like, uh, you, "What do you guys?" He's like, "Get get your axes away from him!" And so they <laughs> fix the brain. Um, the brain injury uh, by fixing the vein in his head by using their technology and I'm like damn it I wish we had that because <laughs> like mm. the second you hurt your head like that's it like um, there's a, a study we learned in psychology class about Phineas Gage who took a, a nail spike to the head and survived but it crushed most Ooh. of <laughs> most of his frontal lobe and drastically changed his behavior because mm. uh, if you got hurt in the front of your head you could survive it because the stuff that keeps you alive is at the base of your skull. So that's why some people die from getting hits in the head and the, right, in, right in the right place in the back because it knocks out that part of their brain. But you can, you can feasibly survive damage to the front of your head. It just, what kind of life just is it? won't look great. Yeah, it's not fun. Hopefully you're not too ugly. <laughs> Man, we're getting depressing at <laughs> this medical show. Well, I think that's just this episode, you know? Like, it, it is a little depressing because, you know, we're finally learning what's wrong with Will, but we're also seeing the the back end of what Hannibal's doing to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a whole yeah. lot of emotion in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I love that one line the other doctor says to Hannibal, which I feel like wraps up Hannibal's psychology in a nutshell. Do you put out the fire or do you let him burn? <laughs> which I think, yeah, it's just Hannibal. It's like, now do I actually help this person or, or, do, do, I, or do I fuck him over? <laughs> just because. But I, uh, that's Frickin Hannibal. Yeah, it's like that scary hospital that Will wakes up in with nobody around. Yeah, Breaks me a, out. Oh, it's that scary does. Scary I've actually been in a hospital. Like, like when I remember being a kid. Oh, I forget what I was in the hospital for. I think I had pneumonia or something. Anyway, I woke up in the middle of the night. And yeah, sure enough, I, I woke up to go to see somebody. You know, because I wasn't normally by myself. I'm usually in a house full of people, right? So mm-hmm. I just remember waking up and it was empty. I guess I just missed, like, the shift change between nurses. <laughs> I, I just remember like nobody's around. Everybody. I'm just gonna go back to bed. And then I hit the call button. <laughs> it's like ding ding. ding, ding. <laughs> and finally, a nurse came to me, and I'm just like, 
But, but that's the weird part is I actually don't remember a lot of that hospital experience other than it being just that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Mom, where are you? <laughs> but I, I think there's a reason why silent hospitals are always used in horror movies. Like uh, one of my favorite video games, Outlast, takes place in an asylum, like a, in, in a mental hospital that is being overrun by uh, the criminals. Because uh, it's actually a front for like a, an MK Ultra type brainwashing experiment. The next game comes out soon, so I'm very excited. About that. That's the only reason I bring it up. I'm like, you know, Outlast comes out next month. <laughs> oh, does it? Yeah, the new one. Oh, the, wow, the second so one. Yeah, like April 28th. It's in my calendar because I'm going to buy it right away. <laughs> nice. It's like I, oh, like you should host like a game night. Just <laughs> you playing that game. It'll just be like, I'll just play it on like Twitch and I'll just be screaming the whole time. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Because I actually screamed aloud the first time I played the original Outlast. Like, there's a scene where um, a body gets impaled on a spike for oh, some reason yes. right in front of you. And I was like, oh, God. Which one's Outlast again? It's, uh, you can't fight. You can't, all you can do is record. Like, uh, if you look up the gameplay later, it'll show you. But it's, like, so <laughs> good. It's really, yeah, it's scary because you can't, you only have to, like, run or hide. Mm-hmm. You can't fight back at all. And, and that's, everybody that's can that's hear what you. makes it yeah. scary. Yeah, because I'm just like, I recognize that name, but I, it's not coming to me, and usually my husband plays all the video games, so I'm like, why don't I recognize no, that? No, it's always fun to watch somebody playing it. Yeah. <laughs> Outlast? Outlast, yes. yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I mean, YouTubers become really famous because they play scary games, oh, and they yeah. scream the whole time. Because <laughs> it's so, like, I actually, my favorite YouTuber played it, uh, Dashy Games, and it was so funny, because he was just like, my boy, <laughs> screaming the whole time. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason I don't remember this game. Because it's all yeah, it's scary. freaking terrifying. Yeah, the second one, the the downloadable content for it was scary. It's um, Outlast Whistleblower. That actually includes a guy who, like, uh, the antagonist of Whistleblower is this guy who um, wants to make the perfect bride. But because he's in a hospital with only male characters... Guess what he does to make his perfect bride? This oh, <laughs> so was like, eh. Oh. And of course, uh, the Tumblr fandom really ran away with it because he's like a, he's a like a seven foot tall guy, dapper guy who dresses in like his hair is really immaculate and stuff. But I'm like, he cut off the testicles of some guy with a table saw. He's not a good man. Oh God, I'm cringing so bad. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, you think Hannibal would have spared me that? Like, because I read some dark stuff in that fandom, and I'm just like, I, I'm all shell shocked from it. It's like I've seen some things, man. <laughs> but, uh, to go back to the episode as we come to the close, almost. Um, Will's life is basically everybody's nightmare because he's like he's living in like such a horrible state. He's like living in Silent Hill. Like, oh, oh man. I don't well, again, that's what I love about the show too. Is like we we are we're more in uh, Will's POV a lot of the time in this episode, and just you're with him. You can feel like, God, how scary this must be to like. And what, like, what's worse is you know he's right. Like you know Will was like, no, maybe it's like a tumor, or maybe it's this and that. Like, that's his first instinct. He's pretty darn sure it's not mental illness, but, you know, Hannibal's like, it Will, is. it's just my big mental illness, Will. <laughs> <laughs> and then you feel so bad when it's just like, fucking Hannibal, <laughs> just manipulating the shit out of everything. And it's just like, but then a weird justice moment happens for some strangers. And at the end, mm. what happens to that other doctor? <laughs> and we get the classic glass glow smile. Oh, yeah, that, like... Yeah. Like, oh, it's so there's a, one of those actors in uh, I can't remember he played um, he played Maximus's uh, 
like assistant in Gladiator. He has a Glasgow smile that yeah, he I got. Don't. Yeah, like uh, I can't remember his name, but he was in um. Well, that's what the internet's for. What was his name? He was in a bunch of like when actually he... I I uh, googled Glasgow smile and he's actually the first actor. He's the picture <laughs> that Wikipedia uses. Because yeah, he got it when he was young or something, and he like it's sewn up. But he looks like the Joker. But anytime you need a badass looking character, he lets. Do you think you that's get... inspired? That inspired Joker? Tommy Flanagan. Yeah. What else is he in? Look, can you see? I can't turn the computer. <laughs> yeah, you can see it a little bit. There you go. Yeah, but it's like a See, glass he's got smile. scars here on the side of his face, and it's from... It makes him look scarier, but... It's like, Jesus. <laughs> but, oh my God, like, um, so... Well, uh, there's a scene where Hannibal's cutting up uh, the doctor, <laughs> and you see him, like, going to work on the guy, and then all of a sudden you see him smell something. And I'm like, okay... How overloaded must he be with the scent of that guy? Then yeah. he can smell her, and I'm like, "What does she smell like?" Dan? <laughs> like, gar- well, looks, she probably haven't bathed in like weeks. <laughs> and like, not just her, her uh, dis- like you know, her disease. It's... And she killed a person, so she's covered in gore too. Yeah, her dress is all <laughs> bloody. And plus, it's Hannibal. You know, he can smell anything, evidently. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, why didn't he smell her coming down like so oh. the hall? <laughs> and I have a funny story, but I made a note here about the plastic suit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Okay, so this is the first time we see the pla- this is no yeah, this is the first, first time we time. see that plastic suit. It'll show up again. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> I just remember thinking, what a weird what a weird suit. And the fandom also has fun wow. retelling different fan fiction with that suit. Always with Will going, What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> it's practical. <laughs> but anyway, um, before I got into Hannibal um, me and my husband were trying to find Halloween costumes. He goes, you know what? I should dress up as Hannibal in the plastic suit. And at the time, I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. So he showed me a picture. And it was like a behind the scenes where uh, Mass has got the dots on his oh, face yeah, the, the for, effect, for the yeah. effect. And he explained to me what was happening. Because, yeah, I hadn't watched the show yet. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he's like, do you think I should dress up as that? And he's like, and it would probably keep me warm, too, because the plastic will seal in all the heat. And I was like, I was like, baby, I don't think anyone will know who you are. <laughs> It's like, I don't know, don't do it. And like two years later, when I finally got into the fandom, I was like, I should have made him do it. Because <laughs> he was willing to put on like the actual the suit, suit, the plaid suit underneath and the plastic. And I was like, damn. <laughs> well, this year. Yeah, I asked him here. again. I said, why don't you dress up as it now, sweetie? And he's like, no. He's like, now that you're oh, into it. Too late. <laughs> He's you like, he's like no, chance. no, keep it on. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, so he won't see me. <laughs> You'll see somebody else when I put on that suit. I'm like, no. Oh, but th- speaking of the effect on hand, uh, Mass, Mass's face, I really love how his face already looks like enough like a skull that yeah. they probably didn't have to do much work on. I know, right? Just because but he has those really strong features, they yeah, they probably didn't have to do much, and it just looks so ghastly. Oh, because it's like, yeah, it looks like a skull, right? Like you can see a skull through the. Oh, sorry, you can see a skull through the um through the skin. It looks like mm. I I remember that image sticking with me. I'm like, Ugh. Oh, I know, it's so gross. I thought it was an interesting interpretation. Of the uh, inability to see faces. Yeah, like cause, um, they never ask you why. Like in books, they they're like, "Oh, what does that look like?" And mm. I'm like, "Oh, that's what it looks like." Well, that's one interpretation. Yeah, I'm genuinely curious. What do what do people who have that you know that disorder face blindness? But what they probably they can't say, yeah, because they've never seen a, a difference to it, right? So it's like uh, Reba and um, Red Dragon. Like, she 
she doesn't know if she remembers what uh what a cougar actually looks like she just has a memory of what that cougar looks like Mm -hmm. it's like Hmm. so people who've never seen before like what do they what what does red look like to them you know what i mean but it's just like (laughs) (laughs) but we come to the end of the show do you guys have any other notes to put up like before we get to the favorites I, I don't know, maybe. Let's see if I have any notes. Let's see. Well, I mean, we didn't really talk about, like, the ending oh. of the episode, mm. you know, when he, like, encountered um, Georgia, Georgia yeah. underneath his bed. I, well, that was actually going to be my favorite part of the show, because um, how would you react to seeing her? Terrified. Oh. You stick the dogs on her, right? And <laughs> well, thought, why didn't these dogs bark to her? Yeah. That's like, part of the only thing where I was kind of like, it is a cool scene. Where, like, he wakes up to the dogs, mm-hmm. you know, growling, and he's like, oh, shit, <laughs> you know? But well, she me, must smell like, terrible, too, to well, them. Exactly. It's like, like, how did, how did, how? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a cool shot and everything, and it's a cool story thing. But, yeah, like, how the hell did she even get under the bed? Do you think she's been under there for hours? Probably, Oh, that's yeah. a good point. I didn't even think of that. She must have, hmm, slayed Maybe there. the dogs are used to her, too, or something. They probably, like, got it out of their systems <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> when okay, she first shit. arrived. <laughs> But they're yeah. so wary of her. Oh, well, you can explain it away in shows. <laughs> but it was my favorite part of the episode just because um, it shows the the humanity of Will. Will was, like, new, like, it, uh, they keep explaining how he has these empathy disorders for these people. Pure empathy. Yeah, pure empathy. But you don't see it in, in action other than, like, oh, he's going crazy from being Garrett Jacob Hobbs. He's going crazy from thinking he's killing people. Mm. This is the pure empathy where he realizes that this girl is sick, mm-hmm. that she doesn't know what she's doing. She truly does not know what she's doing. And he comforts her. And I was like, oh, my God, like, that's the positive part of his illness. So I really love that scene of, of her yeah, like, really... just reaching hands and touching. Yeah, I was going to mention that. It was really sweet. I was like, aww. <laughs> I do. I do like how like that's another wonderful thing about this show is how all the like uh, duality is happening constantly. When they're talking about one thing, we're also talking about another thing, mm-hmm. and how like he, you know, he tells her the same um, grounding exercise that he was just taught. You know, you're Georgia Mansion, you're in uh, Wolf Trap, Virginia, and you're you know you're here, you're alive. Like I'm with you. Oh my yeah. And, yeah. And her question, "Am I alive?" You know, and it's just. And then, you know, it looks at Will, and then they touch fingertips, and it's just like it's... His his empathy is working, but at the same time, because she has mental illness, he he thinks currently, anyway, he might also be developing mental illness. So there's already a connection there, and it's just, again, I, that's what I love about this show, and I'm starting to notice now that we're doing this episode by episode <laughs> with this podcast, I'm starting to notice that more duality happening, and it's just... Mm. Well, it's making me love Will more because, like, um, I was about to get sick of him being taking on Hannibal's mannerisms in terms of talking because he's like, I smell the copper on my hands. I know, constant metaphor talk. Yeah, Sometimes like... I have to rewatch a scene because I also I often will watch with uh, subtitles so I can catch everything they're saying. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, God, you guys are constantly metaphors. And I'm just like, I finally noticed it. Well, I always noticed it, but I noticed it really heavily when even Hannibal talking to that other doctor and they refer to the mind as a projector and I got lost in the projector metaphor. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Are we still talking about whale? Yeah, I was like, eh? <laughs> oh my God. Like, but... it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. All the metaphors, like it's a beautifully written show, but sometimes me, like I, 
you know, I'm not, I'm not terribly smart, but I'm pretty smart, but I can't keep <laughs> up with all the metaphors sometimes. And the fandom makes fun of that too sometimes yeah. in some fan fiction. It's like, they'll make a note too when they're too lazy to write metaphors. They're like, it's like, we stopped talking in this way for a while. <laughs> <laughs> write that away. I'm like, okay. Nice. Um, but what, what were you, uh, sorry, my, my tongue just got tied. Uh, so Celeste, what was your favorite part of this episode? Uh, let's look at my notes. Oh, <laughs> I like, um, definitely love Beverly and Will's relationship in this. Like, mm. it's super sweet. Like, she actually, like, asked Will if he's okay. <laughs> the only person. And, like, and after, you know, like, after um, Hannibal killed that doctor dude, like, he was, like, sitting on the, on the chair, and he's, like, you know, he thought, Maybe he was... I know, I, I forgot what he thought at that moment. He thought he had, like, killed her or something. I can't remember, but... But, yeah, he's... He's going nuts, yeah. He, he's, <laughs> he's going through things. That's my quote. And she's <laughs> actually, like, you know, kneeling in front of him and being like, it's, it's okay, you know? <laughs> it's not your fault. You didn't kill him. Yeah. It's like that art drawing I saw of, um... Like, Will hugging... Uh, Hannibal's hugging Will, and he's like, are you... Like, am I okay? And Hannibal's, like, putting on a sign on his back. You're too okay. I'm a serial killer. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, Hannibal! But what was your least favorite part of this episode? It's, everything's so gross and scary. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought I was getting good with, like, gory stuff because, you know, as you know, I'm really bad with, like, scary, like, movies and this is just gore in general. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, it each episode just gradually gets grosser and grosser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought it would be, like, okay, but they just, like, just keep topping it. <laughs> It keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, prep yourself. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> but how about you, JJ? What was your favorite part of this episode? Well, other than, like, this is just riddled with fan fiction ins- inspiration, uh, Tumblr <laughs> gifts, and just, uh, again, it's another one of those episodes that fans just constantly refer to. Um, I think probably my favorite thing is just... I love and hate how manipulative Hannibal is. He's just, yeah, he's, he's so, so good evil at it. this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is why I hate him, because he hid the encephalitis from him. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, okay, you're not his friend. <laughs> so that's what I bring up whenever anyone's like, Hannibal loves Will. I'm like, encephalitis. <laughs> encephalitis. <laughs> I was going to ask, oh, wait, do you want to? Oh, I was just going to finish my thoughts. Saying, oh. uh, the only thing I didn't like, and I wish there was more, is more Hannibal cooking. Yeah. <laughs> That oh, lovely, he made that, that lovely ham leg. Lovely ham. The uh, hamon iberico de bellota. I can't say it. But yeah, it's just fancy ham. <laughs> I like how it was like a huge like leg. Yeah, just a leg for, yeah. for him to cut off a yeah. little sliver. He's just like, hey, go have some I'm ham. It's like, I put it away. Yeah, it was just like, it's so fancy and you only get the one scene with it. But I'm like, all right. <laughs> okay, so. I was going to say, I'm not sure they'll explain it in the next episode, but I was like wondering why Hannibal killed his friend. Oh, uh, because he was going to tell Will. Oh, about Probably, his, yeah. Because yeah, he, he, he went back to him to get another scan, and I think uh, rather than risk uh, the guy telling him, like, oh, yeah, you have encephalitis. Yeah, getting caught uh, doing malpractice, so. Yeah. So Hannibal's like, well, we got to get rid of the, uh, we got to get rid of the trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what and, him. you know, you got to tie up all loose ends. That doctor would also might say, like, well, Hannibal's also was blah, 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 blah. So, uh, Hannibal's also, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you had a, yeah, but what was your least favorite part of this episode? Well, I said that. Not oh. enough ham. Oh, not enough ham. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, just not enough cooking. I actually was, like, going into the episode, almost kind of forgetting what the, what happens in the episode. I was like... 
like, ah, God, we haven't seen enough of uh, Hannibal's dinner table lately. And then I'm like, oh, right, ham. So <laughs> I don't have a, an affinity for ham. I'm just saying. Ham is delicious. <laughs> but I think we'll start hating it next uh, next season when we get more into pigs. Uh, like, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> is that season two or is that season That's three? That's season two. With the pigs? No, it's no, season three. It's season three. It's season three. Oh, no, it's latter half of season two. Because uh, Mason comes in in season two. Michael Pitt. I don't know why I said it like that. I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Season, okay. the latter half of season two. Because <laughs> right, season right, three right. is uh, the Hannibal storyline, the book. Right, right. Okay. So. Well. All right. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, Michael Pitt is my favorite part of season two. Like, uh, I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Just like, I, you hear me, fandom? <laughs> okay. It's like, uh, but uh, my least favorite part of this episode was probably my bitter hatred of Hannibal not telling while he was sick. I'm like, there's <laughs> like shaking with Big anger. Jerk. <laughs> like, stop it. <laughs> Especially when we get to later episodes where we see the effect that not that lack of knowledge has on Will. Like, uh, like I'll, I'll bring it up when we get to it. I think it's pretty soon. But it's like one of my favorite epic parts of the season when that happens. But, but I think we've come to the end of the yeah, show. Yeah. So everybody, what? Where can we contact you on social media? <clears throat> <laughs> um, you can find me on Tumblr and Instagram at Satumwah, S-A-T-U-M-W-A-H. Uh, you can find me on Tumblr, Twitter, and Snapchat as JJ Neeps, uh, and Instagram as JJ Neepin Films. And you can find me on Tumblr and Twitter as Honey underscore Child. Um, I got into a big argument about an argument, uh, an article I wrote for a local paper with some guy saying, "Hey, how come Superman uh, has to be a native guy?" Because I wrote an article about media representation, so a lot of my page was me laughing at that guy. I was like <laughs> laughing to my grave. So check out her Twitter. She always has something, always something interesting to tweet. Yeah, especially when I'm just like, "Look at this serial killer. Look at it." Like I'm terrible. Anyway, but we also have um, uh, an email, Hannibal's Horny Hibachi. We have the Instagram. Hannibal's Horny Hibachi, yeah. and we have the Twitter, HH Hibachi. And again, I wanted to shout out to Headful of Hannibal, who mentioned us in their episode 10, Yay. which was really cool, because I'm like, oh, yeah, somebody referenced my research. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You're awesome. <laughs> yeah, so they're really cool. I haven't, I've listened to that episode, but I really want to catch up on their stuff, because a lot of the stuff they say about Baltimore is really interesting to me. So, yeah. But, yeah, um, <laughs> if you guys want to email us at the show, um, rate and subscribe on iTunes, uh, send us messages, Follow us on Instagram, and yeah, like, we really enjoy doing the show. I actually have a meeting in, like, ten minutes that I'm Oh, shit. Oh, (laughs) all right. But I was like, but we're wrapping up. Uh, I'd rather be doing this show than anything else in the world right now.